This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to another Freakazoid episode of the Animaniacast. Don't say it! What? Candlejack! Oops. Why, thank you. No, I said Applejacks. I wanted some Applejacks, didn't I? Yeah, he didn't say Candlejack. Oh, nuts. Uh, uh. Huh? What's going on? Look, it's Candlejack. Candlejack! I'm going to need more rope. Scream. Hello and welcome to another episode of Freakazoid and Friends. Oh boy. <laughs> this is uh, the spin-off series of the Edamani cast, and we are the only podcast that lets you freak out about Freakazoid. Here we pick a random episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags, and in the end we give the episode of Freakazoid a water tower rating. <laughs> I am Joey, and joining me once again is my little brother, Nathan, who came up with that intro. Aye! <laughs> and joining us across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. Uh, Nathan, I like <laughs> changing the Freakazoid intro once again. Yep, or, I or warned you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if this is for the better, but it, it is definitely different. Um, I will say that... I'm not quite sure about one thing that you wrote down in there because you said we pick a random episode, which I don't think that's necessarily true for the Freakazoid Well, we're not ones. going necessarily in order. I... So you say. Well, well, okay. I mean, like, what, what episode are we doing this week? Well, today we decided to <laughs> randomly pick the next episode of Freakazoid. Oh. And so we're talking See? about episode two of Freakazoid. <laughs> um, guys, if, if, if someone were to ask you about... This episode of Freakazoid, what would you tell him, Nathan? Um, this is the one with Candlejack. If you haven't seen that one, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But that's the episode. <laughs> All right. And Kelly, what about you? I liked it better than the first episode. Oh, interesting. I was actually quite certain that you would like it less. <laughs> so yeah. good good to know. Good to know. All right. So let's go ahead. And uh, Nathan, before we get into our discussion, tell us, when did this episode of Freakazoid first premiere? Oh, boy. Okay. So this episode first premiered on September 16th of 1995. It was a Saturday. Um, this was the uh, same day as the 69th uh, Miss American pageant um, and the 20th Toronto International Film Festival. Um, it was one day after the release of uh, Hackers and the New York premiere of David Finch's uh, Seven. Uh, it was also one day I after... Love that movie. Oh, yeah, see? Uh, one day after, the, after we found out... Uh, oh, one day before we found out who shot Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. Oh, and really? uh, wow. three days before the... Post and Times would release the Unibarms Manifesto. Um, 
This was actually the same day as an Animaniacs episode, so I just took all the same things, the variety speak, three tenors and you're out, and bingo. <laughs> was the Animaniacs episode on this day, so. Wow, with quite a, wow, three tenors and you're out was on this one. That is, that, wow. So a lot of stuff uh, of note, <laughs> I suppose. Which one was Hackers? Was that the one with Angelina Jolie, or was that? No, that, yeah. Well, oh yeah, she's in that one. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I saw that, I just remember not really liking it early 90s you know or mid 90s stuff about technology uh, especially internet is uh is quite quite funny there's you know what's that one movie with sandra bullock that a lot of people make fun of today the, the net. net the net yes that one is very funny to watch i forget all about that one yeah there, there's a lot of stuff on the internet talking about how ridiculous the net is uh <laughs> <laughs> and uh and just how it, you kind of get a sense of how the how the internet looked in the uh in the 90s and what people were worried about as well so interesting well speaking of uh, the internet we're going to talk about a guy who was sucked into the internet of course that's freakazoid let's go ahead and get right into it episode 2 of freakazoid and we're going to start off with Candlejack. Your attention, please. For the first time ever on network television, the following cartoon will be presented in Screamovision. A byproduct of Holland's vast tulip industry, Screamovision heightens your viewing experience by prompting you when to scream. Let's try it now. Scream. Good. And now we proudly present the following cartoon in Screamovision. And Candlejack was written by Paul Rugg. It was directed by Scott Gerolos. And Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here in Candlejack? Okay. Freakazoid is hanging out at a camp with, I guess, a camp counselor, and they're chit-chatting, and he decides he needs to leave, and, uh, oh, I'm sorry, I always skip stuff. So it opens, <laughs> and it says it's going to be presented in Screamovision. Yes. Ah! Scream. So, <laughs> you know, every time <laughs> they say to scream, you're supposed to scream, and I, I thought that was kind of funny, because... I know if I was a kid watching this, I would have taken every opportunity to scream at the TV. <laughs> so um, I'm sure parents love this episode. <laughs> but uh, so I, I appreciated that. And uh, there's screaming moments. So you already know it's kind of going to be maybe a little uh, scary. Don't know. Well, I'd better be going. For somewhere, there are wrongs to right, there are foes to fight. There are little chunks of carrot in your teeth. I'd have that taken care of. It can lead to insanity. When will I see you again? Well, if I know my cartoons, and I do, I'll be back later on to rescue you from something really horrible. Bye-bye! trying to fly away but he doesn't fly he's reminded and so he's just kind of running around with his hands in the air (laughs) and uh, so the kids are sitting around the campfire and they're telling scary stories about things turning into wood i'm i don't know maybe that's terrifying to children i i don't know but um 
It's like, really, you could come up with something a little better. Um, and then they, they go to bed. What? And so the one boy, these two boys are in their bunk beds, and one of them's telling the other boy about Candlejack and how he's the real boogeyman. You don't have to worry about Sinbad because that's <laughs> not the real boogeyman. The scariest thing in the world would be if they gave Sinbad another TV show. There's like this whole big moment about, you know, giving Sinbad another TV show. And I kind of vaguely remember like maybe Sinbad had a TV show. Do y'all remember that? (laughs) Slightly. I I do remember it not being that great. There's a new family on the Disney Channel. Just in time for dinner. Run, baby, run! Headed by a single dad. Who do the laundry today? Yes, why? Who's like finding fatherhood frustrating? I recently just took in some foster kids, and I need to know how to take care of them. There you have. Ah, oh, so you use rubber bands? I've been using speaker wires. Meet Sinbad. You're kind of a big guy, aren't you? <laughs> Catch the Sinbad Show only on the Disney Channel. Shoot, sound like a good idea. Mondays at 7 p.m. 6 Central. Scream. And in fact, I think that Sinbad does have another TV show right now. I think it's like a, he's the, he plays the father or something uh, like that, the old cr- crotchety father. And um, but So maybe that explains all the scary things that happened in the in the world today. I don't know. Maybe. Sinbad did get another TV show. I don't know. But yeah, I think, I think his show was just called Sinbad, I believe. I just don't remember it being... I mean, I don't think I watched it, but I don't remember it being so bad it was gonna get into pop culture but it, it must have been yeah it was it, they were you know trying to go for like well we need another show with an african-american comedian martin was popular so they're like well sinbad you know why not and uh i don't remember much of the sinbad show i think it was just called sinbad mm-hmm. though so there you huh. well apparently it, it didn't do well <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's it's scaring children in, in camps so uh so the, the kids say, you know, we'll be fine as long as you don't say his name. And the other kids said, but we've both said his name. Ah! <laughs> so uh, then Kettlejack shows up and he's creepy. I mean, he's creepy looking. <laughs> he's kind of floating around. He's got a candle and he uh, takes the kids. And once he takes them, they start floating. He's got rope tied around them. The other kids uh, see what's going on, and the first one says his name, so he comes and gets him, and then the other one says his name, and uh, Candlejack comes comes over. He's like, "No, I, I said I said Applejacks. I said, totally said Applejacks." And then the the other kid said, "Well, yeah, I mean, he totally did not say Candlejack." And so then they both get taken. Because, I mean, it's like. I, these children are dumb, and they've never seen Harry Potter. I mean, of course not, because Harry Potter wasn't out at this time. But <laughs> if they say, don't say his name, don't say his name. Like, really, that's... Don't. <laughs> not a very bright group, are you? What do you mean by that? Oh, nothing. And he's got, like, this whole group of floaty tied up people outside and he says that uh, he's gonna need more rope maybe he he's never had so many people all at one time he doesn't even know what to do with them so he says he needs to go get a bus <laughs> and 
Freakazoid, meanwhile, has been hanging out at a honey festival with the cop. Cosgrove. And Cosgrove. And um, <clears throat> kind of at the end of the, the night, Cosgrove tells him, kind of as an afterthought, like, oh, by the way, the Candle Jacks get... No, well, I guess he didn't say the name, but he said the, the uh, counselor and all the kids are all, you know, captured. Mm-hmm. And so Freakazoid said, well, I guess I should go save them, yeah? And the, the officer goes, yeah, that's what I would do. But he doesn't seem to be in any kind of hurry to do it because he's just eating a lot of honey. <laughs> oh, hiya, Cosgrove. You want to go to the Honey Harvest Festival in Acton? Really? Are, are you serious? Yes, yes, yes! Wow. I can't remember when I've had so much fun. Yeah, but I think I overdid it on the honey. So he's you know, turned into Winnie the Pooh or something, just done you know, sit there in his little honey tree. <laughs> so uh, Frigazoi kind of tries to fly with his arms holding out and above him, his head and shows up, and then he gets captured too. Well, if it isn't... What? I was just going to say. No! Don't say it! Don't say what? Don't say his name! You mean don't say Candlejack? But the thing is, I mean, he's, he's tied up with rope, but he can lift his arms in and out of the rope, and nobody seems to notice this. And uh, so he's not really captured. But he comes up with an idea while the Candlejacks you know, disappeared to go get the bus that uh, he creates this cage and puts like pumpkin pie in it. They lure Candlejack into the um, cage, and shut the door, and then he's captured. And then there's a guy sort of narrating at the end who kind of looks like Clint Eastwood, but doesn't seem like he's a parody of Clint Eastwood. So I'm not sure who he's supposed to be. <laughs> I'm sure Jimmy Paul Harvey. Don't worry, I have a plan. Watch. That's right, Freakazoid had a plan. A plan involving steel and mortar and bricks and pie. For what Candlejack did not know, what he could not know, was that Freakazoid had secretly constructed a terrifically treacherous trap in the wild and windy woods. <laughs> do you remember Paul? Do you remember Paul Harvey at all? He used to be on the radio. Yeah, just... on the radio you could listen to. It. Oh man. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, Paul Harvey... Play a clip? Yeah, we'll play a clip of Paul Harvey right here, the actual... Paul what radio? Harvey. Like, NPR or something? Uh, no, like, he was, like, just on talk radio. Like, he'd be on... Oh, I never listened to talk radio. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my mom would listen to... I think, like, over the summer and stuff, she would listen to the new, quote-unquote, news radio, you know, that... Yeah, uh, you would tell, yeah. like, uh, intimate or personal stories or whatever, like, and yeah. now you know... The, the rest, rest of, of the story. story. If there is a happy ending mixed in with our own bittersweet memories, it is that the boy was never, ever after unwelcome again. That young fellow who once upon a time was not allowed inside was Elvis Presley. Now you know the rest of the story. Good day. And um, he would tell like stories. And that and that <laughs> little boy who didn't know how he would tell like he would talk these stories about like a boy, a little boy who couldn't read or or write, and all the teachers told him that he was stupid and all the and then he'd tell this whole long story and then yeah. go, and that and little turns boy out turned out to be Ronald Reagan. 
And now you now know the rest of the story. <laughs> but anyway, that, but um, but it yeah. looks like an animated version of Clint Eastwood. I I I, I suppose so. Yes. Well, I, once you know it's Paul Harvey, though, I can see nothing but Paul Harvey. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yes. Okay, well, now I know for Jeopardy, for whenever I can get on and beat this guy that's just won a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. He'll still be on in five years, so who knows? It's okay. <laughs> I just, I'd, just give me the chance to compete against him. We talked about how he captured uh, Candlejack and Paul Harvey and everything, but we kind of neglected to mention the other little <laughs> breakaway characters that they went to, such as uh, this character played by Kenneth Mars. And yeah, Dr. Hunter Hanker. Hunter, oh yeah, Hunter Hanker, yeah, yeah, Gunter Hunter Hanker, I think his name is, Uh, but he is, Kenneth Mars is doing his voice once again uh, from a young Frankenstein. Let me state unequivocally, with absolute certainty, that it is physically impossible for such a boogeyman to come and get you simply by saying the words, Candle Jack. Then again. He, for Animaniacs fans, you could hear him in uh, the Beethoven episode. Mm. Uh, as Beethoven! Uh, and now he's doing uh, Dr. Gunter Hunter Hanker. Uh, what a funny name. But yes, he looks and sounds very much like the general from uh, from Young Frankenstein. Where had better confirmed effect that Young Frankenstein is indeed following in his grandfather's footsteps? What? what? Following in his grandfather's footsteps. 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 And if you have never seen Young Frankenstein, ladies and gentlemen, what is wrong with you? You should be seeing this. There are certain films that you must see, and Young Frankenstein is one of them. So after this after this podcast, please look up Young Frankenstein and watch it. Anyway, uh, I guess uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, oh, wait, we forgot one more important thing that uh, Freakazoid just kind of breaks character for a whole long section. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which may in. or may not have been improv. Like, uh, yeah. it was probably improv. Yeah, on- yeah. I think in the in the commentary for this episode on the DVD, uh, Paul Rugg just kind of said he was just kind of improving some stuff. Yeah, he and- said if it, if he wrote it, it would have been written better. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's certain but things in there that-, that he doesn't even know what he's talking about. Like when he talks <laughs> about the kids, whether religious or experiential. Or- and these kids, have you ever in your life been filled with more joy being around kids, whether they're, you know, religious, experiential or not? I love them. All of them. We'll hug after the show. I have no uh, idea what that means. Yeah, no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, but yes, he's doing his serious Jerry Lewis voice. Of course, we all know that from Mr. Director. So we all have flashes of that, I'm sure. And yes, we we know, ladies and gentlemen, Kelly did. Kelly said camp counselor. And just for the record, we know it's Steph. So just so you know, you don't need to put that. We're not going to make a, another corrections episode, hopefully, in the future. Look, I've, I've only seen these episodes <laughs> once. I mean, all I see when I look at her is like, oh, wow, that looks like somebody who would be in Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, totally. I because mean, you could see same. It. I mean, obviously, it's the same animators, animators and stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that uh, face type is is just so Batman. 
Yeah, you can totally tell Bruce Tim designed these characters because you're like, oh, yeah. that is that that girl belongs in Batman. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead and get to the cultural references. We have a screaming woman. One of the screaming women, I should say, uh, is from House on Haunted Hill. And have you any of you seen the original House on Haunted Hill? I know they had a '90s remake, which is I saw I saw the '90s remake, and then I've just seen the series on netflix which was produced by amblin entertainment <laughs> oh yeah Steve. i haven't seen that yet i heard that oh, was pretty good it was amazing okay i'm gonna binge that we, I need something we to watch. binged it like we almost mostly watched it all in one day ah okay well i've, I've got to say i've seen the original house on haunted hill through uh watching it with riff tracks and that honestly is the only way to watch a movie like that in my opinion <laughs> it was that bad it's it's bad, but it's not bad bad. It's still it's it's good sixties, fifties horror bad. You know, Vincent Price is in it. He's uh, he's always fun to watch in these old movies. Um, well, let's see. Any other things? It says Kathy, the girl who tells the story of uh, reaching out and something's not there, is actually Elizabeth Moss from uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Oh wow, a young Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. I like that they use actual kids for these kids' roles. Yeah, yeah. She, she. So she, yeah. She's, she's nice to see her in here, and she, of course she's back. She voiced a character in uh, Animaniacs as well. She voiced that little girl in, uh, oh gosh, the World War Two Rita and Runt one, um, putting on the Blitz. Oh right. I can't believe I remember some of these titles somehow. That's what happens when you do a podcast about them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's start here. Anything else? Uh, we mentioned Jerry Lewis, Paul Harvey, uh, Apple Jacks. Oh, <laughs> we got to mention there's this part where, uh, the, number one, they point out, uh, Joe Leahy, uh, or Joey Leahy, as, uh, Precozoid calls him. That, of course, is the announcer, uh, who's awesome. And he also did the, the announcer voice for, uh, Wally Lama. Just I so love Wally know. Lama. <laughs> But there's a scene where it's Larry Storch and F Troop. Freakazoid, why did you say his name? Because I, I wanted to do one of those funny things like, and you ever watch F Troop where Agarn says, there's no way I'm wearing a dress, absolutely not, no dress, and Forrest Tucker's like, yeah, you're wearing that dress, you're going to wear that dress, and then they wipe, <laughs> and Agarn's wearing a dress. <laughs> you! Look up, brothers! Look who's here for you! <laughs> oh, I love that bit. <laughs> and... I had no idea. I well, I've never watched F Troop. I do remember watching this episode though originally, and my dad was in the room, and he thought that part was very funny since he was familiar with F Troop. Uh, so that's just a a funny little side note. And one thing that is not in the wiki that I noticed was Candlejack when he talks about chartering a bus says, "Believe it or not." There, I'll be right back. I've got to go charter a bus. Believe it or not. And <laughs> I believe that's for uh, Jack Palance in uh, Ripley. Ripley's Believe Ripley's. It or Not. It's as easy as pinning a tail on a donkey. Believe it or not. Because he did kind of sound like Jack Palance, didn't he? Like that candle jack. Uh, voice and he's so 
they talk about a lot in the commentary just how passive aggressive he is in and how hilarious it is because he really is just kind of like not very bright are you oh i didn't mean anything by that oh no no <laughs> i just love his line of the i'm gonna need a bigger rope or i need i need more rope <laughs> i need more rope gonna need more rope uh yeah he's <laughs> candlejack is he only this is his i think he appears again briefly at least in backgrounds he's you know yeah he's in the background later in this episode yeah but but <laughs> that, that, that doesn't really appear as a main villain again um but definitely makes a strong appearance in this very memorable episode what are some mm-hmm. moments in this that uh that you uh really thought were funny uh, i guess nathan uh let's start with you what did you think was what were some things in here that you thought were funny well of course the rope line but then uh like when uh Freakazoid's trying to fly away, and uh, Steph has to remind him that he can't fly. So then he spends the whole episode just running on the ground, even though he could. We've seen him, you know, basically teleport. <laughs> yeah, he did. He can he, turn the into first, a lightning bolt. Yeah, he but. can turn into lightning sometimes, and and essentially fly. But maybe that just uses a lot uses a lot of energy. I don't know. I guess I don't know. It's just fun seeing it's, him. <laughs> it's definitely funnier watching him just go. <laughs> And there's a there's a thing in the commentary talking about how Paul Rugg had to demonstrate that for the animators because they want to <laughs> make him fly, you know, like, no, he didn't yeah. fly. He just kind of does this. And so Paul Rugg. So Tom would say, show him what he does. <laughs> and Paul Rugg would kind of roll around the studio showing the people how Freakazoid uh, flew, question mark. Anyway. Uh, but nice to see Ed Asner uh, in this as well, because I, I, in case you didn't know, Ed Asner, uh, voice of uh, well, I, a lot of lot of different characters. He was a, a a bear in the big garage sale in Animaniacs, and he's also in the movie Up as uh, what's that old man's character in Up? Everybody knows the balloon guy, you know, Carl, Carl, Carl Weathers. Weathers, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I want you. Uh, but you know, everybody knows who he is. Uh, anyway, and any other moments in this? Cause this is definitely a, a great episode or at least a segment of Freakazoid that is very memorable. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I really like it a lot, but, uh, any other things we want to say about Candlejack before we wrap things up? For this I thought that was funny at the honey festival. Freakazoid was wearing like his little antenna or, you know, <laughs> Staying on his, like he was really getting into it, almost like the equivalent of a visit to Disney World, except it was uh, this honey festival. Yeah, this is this is one of my favorite ongoing gags from Freakazoid. Is hey Freakazoid, you want to go? You know, whatever. And they got to go. It was a mint, and now it's honey. Uh, and Richard Stone did a great job playing in the background of the scene a jazzy version of Flight of the Bumblebee, uh, just like little little background things that I you notice uh, after watching it 70 times. Oh, stop. Please, stop. I'm telling you, nobody delivers the comedy like Kids WB. It's a network for kids, and it's really funny. Well, but isn't the Munchkin convention. All right, hand them over. You twerps ate my Corn Pops. You can't get mad for guests. Oh, I want my Corn Pops, but instead the shrimps are devouring every last crunchy pop. Look, it's Barney. Youth. Kellogg's Corn Pop Cereal is part of this complete breakfast. I gotta have my pops. 
Commemorating the final issue of the original version of Star Wars, you can get a free making of Star Wars video with two proofs from Kellogg's Corn Pops. Star Wars, the original version, one last time. And now it's time for some Animaniacs news slash Freakazoid news. We are probably just days away from an official announcement from Kid Robot. They could announce it any minute now uh, about their minifigures as well as keychains and pins featuring Animaniacs, Tiny Toon characters, and Freakazoid. What? Yes, it's true. We had some suspicions that the mystery, I guess it would be the chase figure, that will be uh, packaged in with the Animaniacs Tiny Toons minifigures would be Freakazoid. And thanks to some uh, folks out there who got the figures early somehow. We won't ask how, we just know they did. It fell off a truck, we don't know how. Well, (laughs) they opened up some boxes and sure enough, Freakazoid is the mystery figure so hugbees everybody this is exciting news for all freakazoid fans and uh i actually shared the picture once i saw it online i shared it with uh paul rugg and tom ruger and both were incredibly excited about it because of course this is at least as far as i know the first piece of freakazoid merchandise that we've really seen uh, ever. I think there was a, uh, a Kids WB shirt that I saw with a bunch of different characters on it uh, years ago in the in the Warner Brothers store that had Freakazoid on it, but that doesn't really count. This is a Freakazoid toy. It's toyetic. It's a toy. You gotta get it, and uh, this is gonna be an exciting thing, so whenever that comes out, uh, well, you better believe that I'll be crossing my fingers and buying every box that I can afford. In other news, this is just a reminder that Animaniacs Live will be coming to San Diego Comic-Con on July 18th. That's right, and looking into the listing over there on Ticketmaster where you can buy your own tickets, there seems to be a little bit more information about what we can expect to see. It says, It's time for Animaniacs live in concert. The most zany, animany, and totally insane Animaniacs are back. Fans of the beloved Warner Brothers animated series get up close and personal with their favorite characters. The Emmy award-winning cast perform songs from the pop culture hit cartoon series live on stage in the all-new Animaniacs in concert. Original voice cast stars of the iconic animated series Rob Paulson... Yakko, Pinky, and Dr. Scratch and Sniff, Jess Harnell, Wacko, Maurice LaMarche, The Brain, and Emmy Award-winning composer Randy Rogel, who created those memorable songs you still can't remove from your brain pan, bring the stage to life and run through an unforgettable playlist of Animaniacs hits. With Comic-Con in town, you never know what special guests will join the cast on stage. A great preview to the Steven Spielberg Amblin Entertainment Warner Brothers 2020 series reboot on Hulu. That right there is a confirmation that you we will definitely see Jess Harnell and Maurice LaMarche at the very least. And who knows who else might uh, appear there on stage. I Again, if if 
Steven Spielberg for some reason makes it on stage. I don't know if Kelly's going to survive this because, of course, Kelly, Nathan, and I are all going to Animaniacs in concert and we want you to be there too. So please make sure you buy your tickets and we'll see you there in San Diego on July 18th. And coming up even sooner is a little panel that Nathan and I will be doing at Phoenix Fan Fusion on May 25th. That's right, if you're in the Phoenix area, uh, hey, get get your tickets for Phoenix Fan Fusion coming up May 25th. It's going to be a great convention. It always is over there in Phoenix. And at 10.30 in the morning on May 25th, you can uh, start it off with me and Nathan and an Animaniacs panel. So come on over, say hi, and we might have a few little prizes to give out as well. You never know to those people who come and say hi to us. So let's head back to our Freakazoid discussion for today. Tired of the same old superhero? Now there's Freakazoid! You want to see something strange and mystical? No! The crime fighter with the power to humiliate! Now go on! Get out of here! I'm sorry! Go on! Freakazoid, doing things his own way. Prepare to be crushed! Okay, you win! Just keep telling yourself, it's only a TV show. Today on Kids WB Freakazoid! Let's go ahead and get to our second segment, and it's called Toby Danger. And Toby Danger was written by Tom Minton, and it was storyboarded by Brian B. Chin and Butch Luckick. And he's not credited, but... Eric Radomski directed this. So, Nathan, tell us what happens in Toby Danger. All right. So, um, this is a a very awesome... (laughs) So, uh, this is Toby Danger uh, in Doomsday Bet. So, uh, pretty pretty awesome title there. And uh, I don't even know where to begin. So, there's there's this dangerous semi-conducting lab um, that they're testing in Nevada, and it has the world's largest semiconductor, and the arch, uh, this, this arch villain switches this switch and turns it on, on full power, and it just gets up and uh, leaves. It turns into a, basically a giant robot. <laughs> yeah, with a um, weird, like, almost like watch on a chain in a pocket. It's very, looks very formal at the same time. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so we have a uh, one of the scientists uh, calls Doctor Doctor um, Doctor Danger, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is the good guy, uh, Doctor Vernon Danger, um, and so uh, they they're floating on their island um, and they're heading over. They have a flying island. Uh, this is Doctor Vernon Danger. Dash O'Pepper uh, is his uh, friend. I don't even know how to describe. <laughs> He's just like the muscle in the group, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they uh, have a, a, an adopted daughter, I guess, uh, Sandra Danger, because um, her hometown was destroyed. And then, of course, Toby Danger is his son. So um, they they head to the lab, and they find it all destroyed, um, and they find a picture of the guy, and they, wouldn't you know it, it was a guy with a helmet did it. 
uh, or <laughs> Doctor Zen or Doctor Zen, I guess. Doctor Zen is the um, Johnny Quest version of the. <laughs> the oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, and then they they he surmises that they must be going to destroy Las Vegas because uh, it's right outside and they can see it destroying it. Um, <laughs> So they go to stop it, and this is when Toby Danger decides he wants to go into the hotel, uh, into a, a casino. So uh, he's dressed as Mr. Peanut to start off with, and he keeps he's, he gets kicked out. So uh, he goes back and pretends to be a, a blind person, I guess, and he gets most of the way in, but then uh, gets captured by a guard and gets thrown into to the holding facility. It's like and the last Jedi when they've gotten to the the casino jail, or something. yeah, exactly. So he <laughs> needs he needs to break out. So uh, his sister, uh, kind of uh, <laughs> Sandra, comes in. It's like, oh, I'll help you. So she goes and she's like, I'm gonna make a gambling bet. If um <laughs> if I win this roll, you had to let him out, and if I don't, you get to keep him. And they're like, that's <laughs> the best odds we've ever heard. So um. Then uh, Dasho Pepper comes and throws a barrel at him. So uh, then yeah, before they before we can even figure out if she got a good roll, by <laughs> yeah, the way, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This is all part of the plan, I assume. I don't know. Um, so they run down. Dasho Pepper immediately starts trying to pull the bars open, um, and of course, Sandra just opens it with the key that she got from the guard, and they all escape. And outside, the giant monster, and they've set up a giant uh, gun, like ray gun or something. They're gonna shoot him. Um, so they're shooting it at the monster, but they keep needing more power. So they drain like all the power from Las Vegas, the airports, the surgery rooms. They need even more power, so they pull it from um all the way from Hollywood, L.A. Um, and then um, it, it's still not working. So uh, Dasho Pepper he throws a barrel at it, uh, and that kind of works because it breaks the glass. And then there's a whole karate fight. It's super well animated, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like they hit each other two times with karate chops. Yeah. Very stiff karate chops. Um, and the, then he, uh, the whole thing's about to blow. So uh, he, he uh, Dasher Pepper jumps off and almost lands into the pool, almost. Uh, and th- that's uh, pretty much the end of the cartoon. All, all of Las Vegas is destroyed. Uh, the end. <laughs> I'd call your latest invention a flaming success, Doctor. (laughs) I tried, Ash. To succeed would take more resources than planet Earth can supply me. This is one of the weirdest segments. Of course, you're you're mentioning kind of in your discussion, Nathan, that this is obviously a parody of the, the 1960s version of Johnny Quest. And... Mm, like this, almost shot for shot. Oh, <laughs> it, it looks so Johnny Questish. I mean, they—I have to admire how they animated this, like an old Hanna Barbera 1960s cartoon. The animation, the the movement is very limited. Like they maybe move an arm, or one person out of the frame is the only person moving, while the rest of the people are still unconscious on the floor. Uh, they have these weird action shots where it's like looking down on Doctor Danger as he's looking up at us. You know. Um, it's it's weird stuff. Uh, when it comes to cultural references, other than um, the you know Johnny Quest, which I've never seen Johnny Quest. I never I I've seen Johnny Quest, but it never really interested me. Uh, either one of you ever really watched the show Johnny Quest on 
any of its various mm-hmm. versions throughout the years. We, we used to uh, turn down the sound on Johnny Quest and talk over it, like, and make our own words or whatever to make ourselves laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and you and uh, Nick and Clay used to do that a lot. Uh, with that, and what was the other one? Faulty Towers, I think. Uh, yeah, it, I think that so. was another one that uh, I think it would <laughs> mute. I would just go downstairs, and my brothers were all like laughing hysterically because they had muted an entire episode of. I guess Johnny Quest or Faulty Towers or whatever, and whatever they came up with was a lot funnier than what was actually going on, apparently. <laughs> well, because the animation's so bad, too. Anyway, yeah, you can put anything funny. in what they're saying. Yeah, totally. Um, well, this was definitely ahead of its time. I mean, you look at things that came out afterwards, like Sequest uh, 2021, or Sea Lab, I should say. Not Sequest. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I a, was about di- to say, what? Totally different what show. Sequest got to do it. I'm. My ears perked up. Yeah, I'm thinking C-Lab 2021, which had the very kind of the same concept, you know, taking this limited animation, and some of it was redubbed, actually, just like you'd like to do, Nathan. Maybe they were mm-hmm. watching us somehow. I don't know what was going on, but anyway. Uh, but this this Toby Danger show, I think it could have been on Adult Swim. Yeah, easily. it seems like an Adult oh, Swim yeah, show. Yeah. I mean, even like, Venture Brothers is almost is the same idea of the you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, this this was we asked uh, John P. McCann what his favorite episode of Animaniacs was when we had interviewed him, and he said Toby Danger. And then wait a minute, no, wait, that was on Freakazoid. <laughs> so, but Nathan, you were saying that you you saw somewhere that this might have actually originally was supposed to be on Animaniacs at one point. Yeah, right? uh, on the on the wiki it says. Um, that originally it was going to be for uh, Maniacs. Uh, it was written by Tom Menton, and he was the story uh, editor and writer on Animaniacs at Tiny Toons. Um, and the short was actually uh, written for Animaniacs, but uh, Mitch Schuer, Schauer, uh, he also liked Johnny Quest so much that uh, they made it for Freakazoid instead. So. Who knows? I don't want to add another correction. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, there, speaking of corrections that we had, like we had one last week, uh, talking about Don Messick. Well, Don Messick, the voice of Hampton and Muttley, is the voice of Doctor Vernon Danger, and he voiced the original, you know, dad on <laughs> Johnny hmm. Quest as well. Johnny Dr. Quest's dad. Quest or whatever. Doctor Quest is that had to be his name, right? Again. Well, yeah, something Quest. I don't know. Something first Quest. Name. We'll call him Dr. Quest. Oh. Makes sense. Uh, Vernon, no, uh, Benton Quest. There is. we are. So, yeah, so Don Messick did voice both of those. So that's kind of cool that he, he they were doing such a direct parody of the show. And I apparently they wanted to make this a spinoff at some point. And I would think that I would like to see Toby Danger, how weird they could get with this. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely weird. Uh, well, when it comes to other uh, cultural references, uh, the singer that uh, is playing in the Hollywood Bowl when the lights go out and doesn't really seem to mind for some reason is Ray Charles, uh, or at least a caricature of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also some caricatures I saw of like Don Knotts uh, preparing you know, the gun or at least standing next to it. There's also a Frank Sinatra caricature that i think don messick voices it has a very weird voice to it so i don't know those are the ones i saw it also might be gomer pile maybe maybe not Mm. um let me see 
I, I have a couple other ones. Mr. Peanut. Mr. Peanut, of course. That's the other one. That's the other one I was thinking. Oh, uh, no! Right, right at the beginning, when they when they're doing the uh, the intro to uh, Toby Danger, they have a uh, some like crew. So they have Tom Minton and uh, Brian Chen and Butch L- Lukic, but uh, Tom Minton is the right on there. So that's oh, pretty so cool. Like caricatures of them on there. Yeah, they're the shooting way. the ray gun at the birds. Oh yeah, that was a weird moment. <laughs> I just like how it turns on too. Did you notice how the ray gun, when it turns on, when they're shooting at it's, those pigeons, it, it like turns shooting, on like a, a hose or something? Like it yeah, it's like shooting low. lava basically or yeah, something. Like it was weird. <laughs> uh, Tom Minton, of course, his ultimate caricature though was uh, the brain, because uh, mm. you know a lot of what the brain is is uh, based upon Tom Minton. So there we go. Well, Kelly, let's go with you. What are some moments in this? Uh, very interesting middle cartoon that uh, made you laugh or maybe just made you scratch your head. Well, I, I really enjoy the animation. I, uh, like you said, it was very, very much done in the style of Johnny quest. And I, I never watched it often. Um, but I, I'd catch bits and pieces of it here. So it had that sort of old fashioned, uh, animation and, and, even the way the, the actors were reading their lines. Steady now. These anti-gravity sidewalk slabs are really cool, Pop. Did you invent them to replace cars? No, Toby. They were a byproduct of the uh, meltdown of your adopted sister Sandra's hometown. It's okay, Dr. D. I didn't lose a hometown. I gained a family. You've got a good head on your shoulders, Sandra. Maybe someday you'll be a scientist, just like me. Oh, um, look at that awful, twisted, smoldering wreckage ahead. The whole ruse to get the kid out of jail. Um, <laughs> and it, it, I mean, it really just seemed like overkill, because she, the sister goes in and rolls the dice and tries to, I guess, distract everybody. And then the other guy comes in with, barrels and <clears throat> allow me to make the house a sporting proposition one roll of the dice i win my brother in the hotel brig goes free i lose you get to keep him deal best odds i had all night you're on sister heads up you heathen monkeys I... and then he calls them heathen monkeys which that that I mean is that from Johnny Quest? I, yeah, that I just think yeah, I think that's, that's in reference to like the the characters you know used to say like you know call people like kind of racist epitaphs kind of mm-hmm. towards yeah. the it may be a direct quote. Um, they mm. were they were kind of unsure in the uh, commentary. They're talking about that line, just like, but uh, I think they said in the commentary it was a direct quote. But if not, it's very close to a yeah, direct quote. It's, it's very much in the style <laughs> of what that show would do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, that's so but I thought it was just crazy because it it seemed like way way too much. And I mean it's not like the people arresting the kid were bad guys or anything that needed to be yeah. <laughs> beaten to a pulp. I mean he was really trying to steal into a casino and he's underage. I mean, he's yeah. totally in the wrong. Yeah. They kicked him out the first time. And what are they supposed to do the second time? Yeah, um, exactly. They, they gave him a chance. 
Um, and, and they apparently cut out some of the stuff of why he's trying to do this. Like the, they thought, the, yeah. Cause they like in the commentary, like, so why is he going? <laughs> yeah. They didn't really, they weren't quite sure. In fact, there's a lot of stuff in here that they're like, okay, there are some stuff that they cut out. Like when he's being locked up in the prison, they show those kind of like other people locked up that aren't, aren't even moving. There was like this coughing, this hysterical coughing, like out of control coughing that was in it all the way up into like one of the last drafts of this cartoon. Uh, and like the toilet flushing that's in it used to be like, I guess maybe louder. There's the, the whole scene when the, when the robot is attacking that casino or the semiconductor or superconductor, whatever that thing is. And then the water comes down <laughs> like the, after the toilet flushes again, there's just weird stuff that happens in here with really no explanation. Mm-hmm. And it just happens so quickly at that I really feel like you need to watch Toby Danger about two times to find out what was going on in this exactly. Because <laughs> as simple as the plot is, it is just very, like, all over the place at the same time. Can nothing stop this thing? Just let me throw a barrel at it. Anything else to mention with Toby Danger before we move on to our last little short segment? Uh, it was a funny... It's just so weird. It's just so... <laughs> yeah, and this oh, is the only uh, Toby Danger one we get, right? So, I mean, yeah, that's kind of too bad. There's going to be another one. Um, the device they use uh, is probably like an Apple uh, message oh, yeah, pad. Thing. that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that, it's kind of like a pineapple instead of an apple. Yeah. So that was kind of a weird... But the, the Newton in. PDA was around this time. So yeah, so it was like a Newton, but it was also looked like everything was in the 60s. So it was, that was that was weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Something weird in this cartoon. That was that shouldn't have been in. That was too weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to get to our last short segment, and it's called the Lobe. And the Lobe was written by Tom Ruger. It was directed by Scott Geralds, and in the Lobe, it's a it's a pretty <laughs> simple segment. Uh, the Lobe has Freakazoid strapped down to a gurney, and uh, Steph is there as his nurse, and she's been like hypnotized or something. He's like under mind control, so she's the she's there to I guess assist with this surgery. And what is he doing? Well, he's going to lobotomize Freakazoid with a very rusty disgusting saw and all the villains are in the observatory of this uh this surgery room and in fact a lot some villains we never even see uh and some people in the crowd aren't even villains it's just a lot of characters from (laughs) the uh bruce tim designs so this is the ones that we have listed on the uh on the wiki we have bombshell candlejack cave guy cobra queen deadpan fanboy who's definitely not a, a villain. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Harry Connick High School students. I did see a few of those. Uh, Kid Carrion, The Lobe, Longhorn, and Major Danger are all in the crowd. And again, some of those never make it real appearance. They never have a line in the show, which is just unfortunate. Again, why we need to get a season three a freakazoid so that some of these characters can actually speak is the patient ready for the anesthetic yes doctor no need i brought my own 
Oh, look at the things I've seen this on cartoons around. Go, whoa, whoa, whoa. The lobotomy is just about to happen, and he saws Freakazoid's head open, and it turns out what makes Freakazoid tick is a time bomb. And Freakazoid actually was wearing a Freakazoid suit, apparently. So he unzips himself and gives the lobe the bomb, uh, takes off with Steph, and uh, the lobe blows up. The end. And uh, so that was that was the segment. I, the, nothing really to mention in the commentary other than, I, I guess, Tom Ruger had said that Steven Spielberg uh, had mentioned that he'd like to see segments a little longer <laughs> than this one. And uh, I, this one was a possibly, I think, going to be part of the pilot at one point. Um, but it was one of the first things they animated. And it's animated really well. It's animated differently than the other segments that we've seen, but it looks cool. Like the teeth and the eyes all look really exaggerated and the mm-hmm. movement looks really fluid though and everything. But uh, that's all I have to really say. There's not really any cultural references or anything in it. So Kelly, what did you like about this last segment? I thought that the nurse was kind of funny and uh, you know, how her eyes would be hypnotized looking and everything. And then She'd break the fourth wall. Great. My one bit in this scene and I get upstaged by a mallet. And then like her eyes would go back to <laughs> the, you know, that wavy line. That, I mean, I, I've never seen an actor do that in live action. <laughs> <laughs> they have not yet come up with that ability. No, that's so very good acting on Steph's part. Very good. Totally. Uh, Nathan, oh, that's right. I forgot her name again. Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, you mean the camp same, counselor? I mean, <laughs> the same lady. So they so they basically just use the same person in all these different roles. Yeah, which is kind of a shame too, because like we just showed in the in the previous episode, there were other uh, characters they could have used uh, for the Jess girls. And, yeah, that's, yeah, there was those three love interests almost that he had last time. Yeah, so they could have put them in there, but nope, just put Steph in there again. So Steph, Steph has. <laughs> So she's the only one we see, and uh, I, I do like Steph, though. I'm, I'm glad they picked Steph of all the, the three girls to feature again and again. Steph was the right choice. Uh, Nathan, what were some of the things you liked in this last little quick segment? So uh, I liked his Jerry Lewis voice when he hits himself with a mallet. <laughs> uh. We get the serious Jerry Lewis at the beginning and the wacky Jerry Lewis at the end. It's yeah, all good. And, uh, I, I like seeing... Maybe Dexter Douglas in the crowd uh, cheering for. You're kidding <laughs> me. Yeah, I'd be like, um, just to the, just behind Longhorn. Um, oh wow, it looks a lot like Dexter Douglas, but who <laughs> well, knows? It, it could it, be different. It is maybe that's another villain is... that that can look like people like Clayface. That's true. So that was another um, villain we never saw actually. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I that is totally. That. I'm just looking at the screenshot. That really does look like Dexter Douglas <laughs> behind Longhorn. Wow. Okay. Well, that's a mistake. Or is it? I'm. I'm going to say it's a Clayface character we just never uh, knew, or a clone of Dexter Douglas that we never knew. Again, we'll find out in season three of Freakazoid today. Yeah, his face is obscured, so it's hard to say for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he could I have a big again. scar that separates them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know which one's which, right? <laughs> I don't know. Well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating.
Well, out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode, the second episode of Freakazoid? Kelly, let's start with you this time. Uh, I will go with three and a half. Okay. I thought the segments were all pretty strong, and um, I enjoyed the episode overall. All right. And Nathan, what about you? I'm going to go with three and a half as well. Um, I... I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's very funny. I don't think I enjoyed it quite as much as the first episode, which I gave four to. So I have to give this one less than that. But um, and I think as a kid, I guess I got so weirded out by the or confused, I guess, by the Toby Danger. It was like so spot on that it's almost like not even funny anymore. Because yeah. it's like, yeah, it's you, like, you yeah, tell if they were trying to be funny. Yeah, and I think I remember was, that. I, like, I was going like, "Is this supposed to be funny, or is this just trying to be like Johnny Quest?" Yeah, because I was like, "It's so, it's so uh, accurate that it's almost, you know, it's too accurate to be funny." Almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna give this one four, and just because of the, I think ahead of its time, it was with Toby Danger. Oh yeah, and Candlejack is just one of my favorite Freakazoid segments. And by the way, you can get a Candlejack shirt, ladies and gentlemen. I know we have at least one of them. I think at least two over at tpublic.animaniacast.com. And two artists whose names I do not know off the top of my head made some awesome Candlejack shirts. And if you purchase them, those artists will get some commission. Plus, we get a little, we get a few pennies as well. So, if you want to get your Candlejack shirt and find out who the real Freakazoid fans are around you, uh, com is the place to go. Well, let's go ahead and get to something we have not gotten to in a long time. Nathan, let's get to our poll results from a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> and we have uh, the... The last question we had was actually talking about Animaniacs. And so the poll was, which of these Katie Kaboom segments is your favorite? So we had to get the the last few Katie Kabooms. And is this like the best of the best of Katie Kaboom? Is that yeah, so this is, we had, this is our third or fourth poll, I guess. So this we had. Is, this is going to determine once and for all. The our debate. might have been our third. I think it was our third. We had the. Top four, top four, and then okay. So we're um, finally here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the, the this this is so exciting. Everyone really wants to know <laughs> the I best know, Katie is... Kaboom. <laughs> so the choices were Katie Kaboo, Broken Date, and Prom Night. So let me see, Katie Kaboo. That's the one where uh, it's her and Chicken Boo going on a mm-hmm. date, and then Broken Date is uh, let's see, it's the one where the the boyfriend's coming over to the house, right? But he's uh, super late. He's super late. And then there's prom night where, uh, well, she wants to go out and stay up till four in the morning mm-hmm. and, uh, and hang out with all of her friends. And her dad says no. Uh, before I get to the poll results, which ones did you, which one of those did you like the most, Nathan? I voted for Katie Kaboo because uh, it has a chickaboo in it. <laughs> all right. And Kelly, what, which one of those is your favorite? I also liked Katie Kaboo and. I also liked the chicken boo was in it, and I I just liked his clothes and stuff, and how he tried to look like a high schooler. Yeah, he has that kind of like 
the Fonz kind of letter jacket or something kind of going on, or not like the Fonz, but definitely like, you know, 1950s ish kind of look to him, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Well, I agree with you guys, and so do the, the our listeners, because Prom Night got 22%, Broken Date got 22%, but Katie Caboo got 56% of the vote. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the best Katie Caboo cartoon, or Katie Kaboom cartoon, is Katie Caboo. Woo! <laughs> Put it down in stone, make the plaques. We can... Finally, in the podcast here right no, now. No, 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 we can't. We can't in the podcast because Nathan, we have another question for people. I'm sorry. Hmm? No more questions. <laughs> no more questions. Nathan, what is our question for this week? All right. So uh, now that we're doing this this whole spinoff thing, um, we've uh, we've got Tiny Toons, Pinky and the Brain, Freakazoid, and Animaniacs. And the question is, which of those has the best theme song? Because they all have, you know, very memorable theme songs. Well, I um, am going to have to make sure I give this a, a week for people to vote. Because this oh, is yeah. a hard question. And even I, when I need they a get... long time to think about it. But Yeah. Even when we get the results, I don't know if that's going to be the definitive answer. Quite no, frankly. it will be. It will be. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. So if you want to vote for what you think the the best theme song... Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, Freakazoid, or Pinky in the Brain, well, what you should do is go to twitter.com slash animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag animaniacastpoll, and then you can make your voice heard. Well, let's go to get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Well, I'm on Twitter, uh, JangoFT, that's me. And Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. Okay, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and of course over on our Discord channel as well, discord.animaniacast.com. We'll give you the welcome link to talk to us and other hosts of other RetroZap podcasts, because guess what? We're a proud member of the RetroZap podcast community, and you should actually subscribe to the RetroZap podcast uh, link on Apple Podcast or whatever your favorite podcast player is and that way you get every single RetroZap podcast delivered straight to your device. It's a great way to keep up on everything pop culture. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. I think there's a thumbtack under my fanny.